Hello world, this is Wasteland. I am Adam Obscene, and with me, as always, is the most mightiest of mighty, Marco Mark. Hey, hey. Hey, Adam Obscene. Hey, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. It's great to be with you. Mate, we will jump straight into this one. We love bad sequels, and this sequel really, mate, I think, mm. takes the cake. It does. It's a cake taker for sure. 500 years later, the hunt for the immortals begins again. Greetings, Highlander. You called? Highlander 2, the quickening. Let's have some fun. Rated R. Nothing better than a short and sweet trailer. <laughs> Absolutely. That just gives us plenty more time to, to talk about it. And boy, is there a lot to talk about. Highlander 2, The Quickening, the much-fabled sequel of the Highlander series. Uh, mm-hmm. Funnily enough, it's the sequel to the movie The Highlander. Uh so basically, 1991. It's the sequel, yep. directed by um, the director of the first one, which yep. uh, was, and we're going to stumble this always. Russell Mulcahy. I'm going to say, yeah, sounds good. Now, Russell Mulcahy for uh, the learned listeners, he's actually an Aussie, an Australian director. Uh, I'm going to talk about him for a wee bit because I think it's really important to talk about him for a wee bit. And the reason is, dude, this. Before he did um, Highlander, there's a bit of a running theme here. He was a film clip director, but not just any film clip director. Dude, I did a dig, and oh, my sweet film clip directorness. The the <laughs> films that the, – the just check out. This is the caliber of the film clips and the bands that he did. So he did okay. ACDC. He did Dragon. He did mm-hmm. The Saints I'm Stranded. He did Whoa. he did Culture Club, Human League, The Stranglers. Um, he did The Vapors hit Turning Japanese. He did mm. Vogel's uh, Video Killed the Radio Star, which was the first film clip ever played on MTV. He played he did it for Ultravox. He did Wild Boys for Duran Duran and Hungry mm. Like the Wolf. He did Ice House. He did Spandau Ballet. He did Gypsy for Fleetwood Mac. He did um, Matter of Trust by Billy Joel. He did Total Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler. He did wow. Young Turks by Rod Stewart and a billion and one Elton John film clips. Wow, that's incredible. He's got that in common with the uh, director of Eve of Destruction from our previous podcast. And and this isn't it great how we find these Easter eggs in our watching that links back. So these are yeah. two examples of film directors, m- movie clip directors turned feature film directors. I've got to say, though, Russell Marquet, yep. his film clip style has totally transcended into film into movie making, feature oh. filmmaking perfectly. Um, and I've got to say, like, 
Highlander 2, the quickening was universally shit canned. Okay. Like it, and it was, and it's not because it's a bad movie. It's an odd movie, but it's because it actually has really very, the original cut has very little to do with Highlander. Yeah. There's a, there's a whole heap of creative license things that have happened in this film where mm-hmm. all of a sudden the immortals are no longer humans, but they're an, from an alien planet and that they're mm-hmm. sent to Earth for penance and exile. And that the, all the, all the sort of really cool things about being an immortal humans fighting through the centuries was kind of just cast aside from the first one and mm-hmm. then turned into these guys are aliens. So bad was this that Russell Malkay actually asked for his name to be removed from this film. And the reason was that all the creative decisions made in this was not his. It was a financing company that uh, the film was costing was blow it was it was meant to be budgeted for fifteen million. It was blowing out to thirty four million. The financing company basically took creative control and made started making some decisions about what they thought would make a movie more saleable. Right. So there's a bunch of stuff that just happened in this film that the director went, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Take my name. He couldn't and he couldn't get his name taken off it uh, because he wasn't a part of the Actors Guild of America. I see. Um, so it's an interesting side note because it no, normally if you've got the director of the first feature, the sequel will normally be pretty good, but the, the, the oddity of this is it's the same director, but the film just totally is not canon in the Highlander series. And we'll talk about what the Highlander series is in a minute. But mm-hmm. um, so that's that's sort of like the 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 quirkiness of this. So and the reason why I bring it up too is because there's the original cinematic version, and mm-hmm. then years later Russell Mackay did come back and he. He re-edited it down, removed all references to the planet Zord and all the and all the alien references, and and re-edited it was what is now known as the Renegade version. And the yep. reason he's done that is so that it actually sits back in the canon, and it actually kind of yeah. works. So it does. Listeners, yeah. we can give you the links to the Renegade version and the original version mm-hmm. for you to peruse. I actually went back and watched them both. Because I hadn't ever watched them back to back, and I wasn't sure how different they were. And boy, they're different. Like they? just sequencing, like film sequences. The opening film sequence of the Renegade version actually is halfway through the middle of the original version, and it's swapped around, and they're taking and like basically the big difference what? is. This is my take. The big difference is is that. In the original version, the immortals are, 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 are an aliens, and they come from a mm-hmm. planet, and they're sent to Earth as um, mm-hmm. as penance, and they basically have to uh, fight everybody, all the other other aliens, um, until they're one less. And then they've got the choice to grow old on Earth or return back to this planet. Yep. In the renegade version, they are Earthlings that are. Um, immortal that are sent back in time to do their penance okay so that, oh, so so that's how the immortal thing comes through and they remove all reference to right. aliens right. fucking confusing <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, it is. so look that's a pretty that's a pretty stand that's a that's like basically the setup but i wanted to just say one thing that 
to finalise the, the difference between the Renegade version and the and the theatre version. It comes from a long-time Lossner, uh, Jeremy, who, hi, Jez, wrote on our Facebook, uh, I remember seeing this at the cinema with a friend the night before we watched the original, probably for the 10th time. To get excited, I came out of the cinema the next day thoroughly confused and upset. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Thanks, Jez. That really does, I think, sum, 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 summarize the fact that it's it is it is such a departure. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Yeah, they didn't really know what they were doing to uh, to keep it continuous. I think, like you said, just completely out of canon and and made it made a film that they thought that people would want to see, but in turn confused the fuck out of the people that loved the original. Yeah, that's right, Ads. Uh, and, and that sort of makes me think of, of what I was saying before. It was very of its time, you know, like they, it feels like they sort of calculated the age of the kids who loved it and watched it in uh, 1986, the first one, I should say. And then, okay, how old will they be when this comes out in 1991? What will those kids be into as young teenagers? hoverboards, uh, <laughs> um, some of the janky other stunts. The environmental issues of um, the ozone layer feature prominently in that. Um, it, it, it's all about the um, Motley Crue's chlorofluorocarbons and what they've done to the ozone layer. Shout out to Motley Crue and no, they don't get mentioned in it. But, you know, that was a big thing for um, Hairspray a big topic and of deodorant was just Hairsprays, like became deodorant. the devil. <laughs> Anything with aerosols in it was 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 bad in ni- in the early nineties, and that's why the ozone layer features so uh, heavily in this. You know, and I, I thought it was um, part Blade Runner, part Escape from New York, part Big Trouble in Little China, and also part The Shining mm-hmm. too. Like, there's a lot of uh, Jack from The Shining in the the main bad guy's demeanour. It's like you watch a shining and just base it on Jack Nicholson's character. And that's Michael Irons. Michael Ironside does have a little bit of Jack Nicholson about him. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. watch it. You know, there's a bit of that in there. Um, Yeah, and the other thing I did notice was it's set in July 2024. So that's coming up. Mm. Will we have hoverboards, Adam? Um, Probably not by then. Probably not though. Then. No. Hey, listeners, um, we've rabbited on about why it's weird and why it's different, and Mark's alluded to some of the themes. But what's really, I guess, just to loop it back around in this, which I find quite hilarious, for some reason, as an immortal, um, Connor McLeod is also a, a, a scientific genius who has constructed mm. a shield to go around the planet to protect it from a depleting um, gamma or the, the ozone. Layer has uh, disappeared yep. and is protecting the Earth from um, gamma rays. I think they call them. Um, I don't know if that's scientifically correct. Uh, but what happens is it's all happy days, and this is in 1999. I think that he creates the shield. By 2024, mm. it's gone to shit. Like the shield yep. is actually locked in all the pollution. It's nighttime all the time, and that has that very distinct Blade Runner feel about it that Absolutely. you're talking about. Oh yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, indeed. And then you've got um, Connor McLeod. He's he's 
aged. He's aging out. He's 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 won. He's he's done all the good things. Michael Ironside's character, who has a boner for the death of McLeod, um, sends some thugs back to the future, um, the past, back in time, back to Earth, um, <laughs> back to whichever version you're watching. To so it's already getting confusing. Yeah, but to basically kill McLeod. Mm-hmm. But in doing so, restarts the immortal clock. So yep. because he goes, I want to kill you. So he didn't come back. He says, I wasn't going to come back. I was going to spend my time on Earth. You know, but you just uh, started the immortal yeah. clock, and now we're going to be in a death battle. Um, I really liked the two chumps that Ironside sends back to get. They've sort of like cross between yeah. porcupines and punk rock outcasts from Mad Max. And one of them's got that really high cackle laugh. It's hilarious. Yeah, for sure. It had the two twins from um, The Matrix kind of yeah. little bit of that flavor as well. Like you know? sort of like a cross of Wind in the Willows and The Matrix and Mad Max. That was <laughs> the thugs. Yeah, um, yeah. That's there's it. a lot, lot to compare to. So anyway, like it's... Connor McLeod, he kills the first thug, gets younger. Um, the the love interest in this is um, uh, the love interest is Virginia Masden, who plays Louise. Sort of witnesses. She's like an environmentalist that's trying to find out why the shield's still up, and actually spoil mm-hmm. it. It, it. Figures out that the ozone layer has repaired itself in the big multi-corporation that owns the shield now wants to keep it up because they control people because of course they would um she discovers by breaking into the compound that it's not needed blah 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 all that sort of shit um uh christopher lambert mcleod calls um Ramez, the the his mentor from the first film, uh, Sean Connery, and a Molskin shuck, and basically <laughs> uh, calls him, and he comes back. And Sean Connery's in this for like eighteen minutes, but got paid like four and a half million dollars. Um, oh, that's a good day's work. But in in but just to show what a stand up Sir Sir Sean is, he donated all that money to charity, so we won't hold that against him. Um, so like. That's really the gist of it. If you take away mm-hmm. the the, the the planetary stuff, it's got this weird future science Blade Runner thing. The mm-hmm. immortal stuff comes in. Uh, I've got to say, how piss funny is Christopher Lambert doing an old man voice? Oh, it is hilarious. It's hilarious. I'm an old man. <laughs> it's not even that good. Oh, mine's oh. Um, So it's got – but it, look, it is watchable and, it, like, it, it's yeah, yeah, fun. Yeah. And what it sort of did, I guess, is it crea- It put a line in the sand that by the time it comes back around, you get Highlander 3, the Sorcerer. Um, right. Highlander 4 – end game i think you get then um a bunch of then you have a tv series then from the mm-hmm. tv series you have a crossover um, oh, it goes on and on yeah and and look the thing is is your connor mcleod has a cousin duncan mcleod which is in the tv series and then there's one there's two movies that come out of there's two movies that come out of um two movies that come out of the it's confusing, dude. Two movies that come out of it the is. TV series, which is okay. um, End No, I think it's. Oh, fuck. Okay. Highlander, 1986. The Quickening, 1991. The Sorcerer, 1994, is the third okay. one. The Highlander Endgame, which is the fourth and final 
um, one that Christopher Lambert hands the hands it over to then um, the guy that plays Duncan McLeod, his cousin, and then you got okay. the Highlander, the search for. I know the Black Pearl Search for Vengeance, which is then just about Duncan McLeod. Then you've got Highlander, the uh, source in 2007. Um, and then that sort of wheelhouses it around. I think there's actually a remake in on the cards, possibly. But also interesting, there was in 1994 an animated series called Highlander, the animated series, funnily enough. And. Thing about this is, this is not Connor McLeod or Duncan McLeod, it's Quinton McLeod, who is also another Highlander cousin. Now, Quinton McLeod has figured out a way that he can take the quickening or you know the immortal power from his foes by not beheading them. So, hence, because like I thought, how the hell do you make a kid's okay. cartoon out of uh, a movie which premises you behead someone to get their power? Sure, it's the quickening. Well, he figures out a way to do that. Um, and this is the opening sequence. Seven centuries have passed since the Earth plunged into darkness. Seven centuries since the Jetiter swore to regain for man his lost knowledge and freedom. All the immortals took the oath, all except one who dominates the world. But soon an immortal will come to confront him. His name is Quentin MacLeod. He is the Highlander. Quentin MacLeod is the Highlander. So That's great. Um, so that was in 1994. That was two seasons, 1994 and 1996. Wow. Um, I don't ever remember that. I never watched it. No. I mean, look, by the quickening, I'd lost interest. I was like, because I loved the first one. That's, mm. It was just amazing. Saw it at the cinema. And I'm sure you did too. But, yeah, it's, it petered out pretty quick for me. So, yeah, to know that there was a um, an animated series is news to me. Well, not only that, the fact that, I wasn't aware that there was a TV series. I wasn't aware that it was an animated series. I didn't realize yeah. that there was a three, four, five, six, and seven. <laughs> yes, yeah. so, and rebooting the works. What? Um, and I guess that that's and that's the interesting thing. It got us to thinking. Lostners and, and Marco posed a question to me, and basically was, "Is there a cult of the Highlanders out there? Like, is there is there a following? I'm not." Like I've not come across a, a Highlander following, but for them to be no. such a such a wheelhouse mm. of sword and sorcery themed movies, TV series, and animations, yeah, clearly there would be some. What, what would Highlanders like was <laughs> out there? Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, like it's a like a does it have a cult following? I don't know. So, Lawson, hit reach us out up. to us, Lawson. Yeah, yeah, hit us can. up and let us know if you're if you're if you're like a part of the cult of the Highlander and and, and give us a give us a shout out and let us know. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, the hidden world that we have somehow missed out on. Um, yeah. So, mate, that is a real weird and quick and rapidly declining. Into sanity, <laughs> insanity, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Whip around. I want to just quickly uh, do a body count. Body count. Uh, so the body count. This is when we take the numbers of the uh, deaths in the movie and compare them against the running time. So for eighty-nine minutes for Highlander to the quickening, we have. I'm scrolling down through my notes. We actually have. 
63 deaths in this film. Nice. It's huge. That's, yeah, um, that's huge. So that's 54 to Ironside, 8 to Lambert, and 1 to Sean Connery. That makes nice. the kills per minute 1.4 kills per minute. Wow. Solid. Body count. Body count. That is nice. Another successful body count. That was a very sloppy, sloppy outro to that. Ah, oh, it's okay. You can always just edit it, edit it in post, edit ads. It Isn't in that post. our? We, we should get a Wasteland shirt that just says edit it in post. And then in small brackets, we never do. <laughs> <laughs> no. Let's go. Uh, factoids. You know, factoids, mate. Um, so. Virginia Madsen, who played Louise, she was in June and Zombie High and Candyman and Electric Dreams. I've always liked to sort of go in and look at who's in what. Yeah. Uh, Sean Connery, we know he was in everything. Um, Christopher uh, Christopher Lambert. I guess outside of um, outside of Highlander, maybe the Fortress series was pretty mm. awesome that he was in. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did another movie with um, Russell Mahay called Possessed. Um, we've got a bunch of stuff in there, which was really interesting. Like I said, the the budget blew out. It was meant to be fourteen, went to thirty four million. Um, Christopher Lambert refused to um, use a fake sword in any of the fight scenes, but in the first sight um, scene with it, he cut his finger almost to the bone, um, oh. and. Michael Ironside uh, dislocated his jaw in the dome fight, and after these accidents, Lambert, Lambert agreed to use a plastic sword. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a hard head. You're, you're a stubborn Christopher Lambert. Yeah, it's ultimate like, even. Yes. And all I like is it was he cut his finger to the bone, and then Michael Ironside had to bash his head, and then, okay, give me the plastic sword. Oh, give me the plastic sword. Come on. Uh, um, Christopher Lambert was cheated by false Argentinian businessmen to invest money in a, um, that he got from the movie for, in some financial management um, schemes, and he lost oh, all the money because right. this film was filmed in Argentina. And so, was it? Yeah. Oh, wow! Yeah, there is absolutely no clue that it is nah. shot in Argentina at all. Um, and it has—I don't even notice this—but it featured heavy product placement from Wendy's. What? Yeah, I was just like, oh, Wendy's. Um, hoverboards were okay. cool. Um, the hoverboards and that flying sort of, uh, it was almost like out of the Masters of the Universe, that powered mm. hang glider. That was that mm-hmm. was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was cool. Um, the heavy I, metal soundtrack was good. Yes, and um, interesting because the first soundtrack, the Highlander, was done with Queen. And like, actually, yes. the, you know, it was a lot of the film clips for the movie Russell McKay actually directed the Queen, um, mm. the songs, and a base, and each member of Queen apparently for the first one took scenes from the first movie and then wrote songs about it. Quick question: Do you reckon there's any uh, any correlation between Adam Lambert and Christopher Lambert? Oh wow, geez, that's a nice. No, I think last that, I don't. I don't think there is any connection between the, Probably new, not. the new singer of Queen and the fact that Queen did Highlander um, and Christopher Lambert. But how weird is that? That's yeah. that's a glitch. Just in the, saying. I think that's a Just glitch saying. in the Matrix. That's like Duncan McLeod and Quentin McLeod and Connor McLeod, McLeod's daughters. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that out in post. Um, so. <laughs> 
Like, um, yeah. uh, Sean Connery's piss funny in it too. Like, he's like, he is hamming it up to the max. Oh, yeah, he is. He, he's very self-aware in this. He's like, going, look, I'm, I'm about to do Hunt for Red October. All right, let's get this done. <laughs> yep. Yep. 18 minutes, four and a half million dollars. I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool. So, listeners, that's about it. I do want to just wrap it in by saying, giving you guys a bit of a preview of what we're doing next. Um, Marco alluded to you before we jumped on that there was a connection between this movie and the movie that we're doing next. Um, and that's the director, Russell Mulcahy's uh, involvement in directing Razorback. Razorback. I can't wait to do that one. So That's Ra- incredible. Razorback is a great Ausploitation film, and we will be covering that next on Wasteland's radio show. Uh, we drop our previews on Thursday nights, and we drop the podcasts on Sunday nights. And, uh, Marco, I really hope that everybody out there gets in there and watches these Renegades and the original versions. It's really fun. Like mm-hmm. the slogan says, it's a new kind of magic. <laughs> It sure is kind of a shit magic, but it's still kind of good. It's sort of a stanky magic. Um, (laughs) So, Marco, we're on all the podcast platforms. You can catch us, uh, just search Raysons Radio Show. You know that because you're listening to this. Uh, You can go on the socials at Wastelands Radio Show, and you can go direct to the source at wastelands.com.au. Absolutely. Mate, I don't think there's much more for us to say except... Is there anything more you'd like to add? It's good night from me. And it's good night from him. Before you say another word. It's over! It's finished!